Amen? Before we get started into the main part of the text this morning, as we talk about uh, having a, a look at training for eternity, I want to take to you another place of Scripture that is not going to be found in your presentation this morning, but I want to read it. It's out of Isaiah 55, verse number 8. And it has to do with this whole thing that we have seen since 2008 of the Lord speaking to us, prepare for change. And we as leaders begin to see and realize that it was uh, going to change how and what we did things and how things looked. But the first thing that had to change was our hearts and our attitudes and our perspectives. We had to get our eyes off of ourselves and off of the church and onto his word and onto Jesus. Isaiah 55 verse number 8 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so my word which goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the manner for which I sent it. Praise the Lord. When we get His mindset, when we get His perspective, when we start saying, Lord, we are going to get on page with you, God begins to move and things begin to happen. So, this morning, I want to talk to you about training for eternity. This... uh, sermon as we look at it this morning is going to be one of those that focuses on things that we would rather sometimes spend little time on, although I say that if we don't spend the time understanding and knowing why these are happening, we often live shallow Christian lives. And in that shallow Christian life, if we do not move beyond that, sometimes we do not even make it as far as persevering in the Lord, but we lose heart and we faint before it's time. But God wants us to know that he is not just doing something for the moment in his church, for the moment in your life, He is not doing something just for today and tomorrow. His perspective is eternity. His perspective is forever. And this perspective is huge as we look at this passage of Scripture. Because I find that in my life I am oftentimes short-sighted. I am oftentimes having my mind, my emotions, my thoughts, my uh, physical body, and all of my five senses focused on now 
and even five years from now. And God's perspective is so much different. Okay, so let's turn to this passage of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 12. And let's start at verse number 3, and we're going to read through verse number 13. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin, And you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressing to you as sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we have had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respect them for it. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it afterwards, it yields peaceful fruit of righteousness. Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble and make straight paths for your feet so that the limb which is lame may not be uh, put out of joint but rather be healed. Hallelujah! God has your well-being in mind. As you journey through this life, God has your eternal well-being at mind. His perspective is not short. His perspective is not limited. His perspective is not temporal. His perspective is holy. It's just. It's perfect. And he knows you better than he knows yourself. This is a huge concept in us understanding because when we know why we can undergo or endure anyhow. Do you hear me? If we understand why, we can figure out, we can endure, we can put up with anyhow. But as Christians, so often I find, and in my own life, that my perspective has to be bathed in the Word of God. 
Because my perspective is skewed from this world. My perspective is under attack when I go out. From here and from there, telling me how I ought to act, telling me how I ought to think, telling me how my emotions should be. And I open the word of God and I have to bathe myself so I can get his perspective, so I can understand that what he says is truth. So let's continue on as we talk about trials. And the first thing that we have to understand if we are to endure the discipline and the trial, whatever it is that God has in our life right now, and that is our perspective has to change. Now, if you stare at that picture long enough, you know that you can either look at that as a profile, or you can look at it as a person staring right at you. And it's a perspective. God has always got the proper perspective. I most times do not. Unless I am walking under the... uh, uh, the Umption of the Holy Spirit, I miss what the true perspective is. Now, can I? Yes. But I find it takes me bathing myself in the Word of God and being in His presence and praying for I would understand the will of God. Because my flesh will take me the opposite direction. Perspective is everything. And my perspective as a human being, and we're going to talk about really what that is, is limited. As a man in this body of clay, even being filled and having the Spirit indwell me, I still have those five senses, I still have this physical uh, and, and mental thing that fights with the Spirit and the Word of God. It is at war with my spirit, the Scripture says, keeping me from doing the things I should. But getting His perspective in trial will mean whether I endure and come out refined or whether I will quit and be destroyed. That's how important this is. Because it is only those who endure and go through the trial. It is only those who endure and hang on to the Lord. Amen? And here, the writer in Hebrews, the author in Hebrews, the first thing he encourages us to do is consider Christ. When you think of the suffering of Jesus, I have not suffered once in my life. I love the fact that that changes my perspective. That 
changes everything. I love the shirt, the Lord's Gym shirt. It has him pushing up on the cross, and it says, bench this. <laughs> and it has over the cross the sins of the world. And when you consider that, it changes your perspective. Anything I have ever endured is nothing compared. My Jesus took my sin and the sin of the world was laid on him. And he didn't blink. He could have called, but he said, Father, nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. I pray, Jesus, help me through the power of your spirit have that perspective. That I may not be short-sighted. And here's the important thing, and I know we're focusing a lot on verse number three, but it's important here because he says, you will grow weary and lose heart. You know, in a, in a way for us to understand it, you've heard me talk a little bit about this. Our country is suffering, and one of the reasons I believe we are suffering, understand my heart here, so let me preface this. War is hell. But my generation suffers because we have not known what sacrifice means. We have been walking on the backs of those who have sacrificed and given their lives and we don't respect it because of it. And we can become that way sometimes spiritually. And so we need to be careful that our perspective is birthed and, and brought into the proper perspective of God. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. And his way is not our way. And so he then goes on to say, you haven't resisted to the point of shedding your blood. The reason this country is great is because men and women have shed blood over it. Then in verse number 5, he says, And have you forgotten the exhortation which addresses you as sons? You know, I remember well when my children were growing up. I understand that, that as the body of Christ and, and, and here at North Lake Church in our, in our culture, we all kind of look after one another's kids. I understand that, and I thank God for that. But I am telling you, as a parent... When my kids were toddler and growing up and preteen, I didn't I was not concerned about what others said to my children, nor was I concerned what other children were doing. But when I saw one of my children going somewhere where I knew they were either getting hurt or they were hurting someone else or they were out of order, I said, "Hey, 
Michaela, Samantha, Spencer, stop it. Come here. Well, why would you do that, Pastor? Because I accept them as sons and daughters. I accept them because they're mine. God is saying, I'm the same way. And if you as a parent think you know more than your children, imagine the immensity of the difference between you and God. So our perspective, first of all, needs to change. Then our purpose. And this is what excites me because we have been talking about the purpose at North Lake Church and that was part of the whole reason God said prepare for change. Because our purpose needed to be refined. Our how needed to come refined. And in the purpose, in understanding purpose, you can endure and you can carry out the why. But when there is no purpose, there is chaos. But you notice all of these people in purpose of heading one direction is powerful. Well, I have never been, may I say, just for a moment, more proud of us as a body of believers than I saw happening at both the fireworks stand and Crown Park. If you did not get a chance to go down the fireworks stand, the Lord allowed me to see greater this year than ever before, and I believe it's because God's changing the culture of North Lake Church so that we are on page with our purpose and on page with our how. Because what I saw happening was, yeah, we were selling fireworks, but we were talking about the Lord. We were sharing about what was happening at his church. We were talking with people about coming to the church. There was interaction, and it wasn't just to sell fireworks. It was to talk about him. That was exciting. Because fireworks was just the avenue. It wasn't the end. So I, I'm excited this morning as your pastor. I exhort you and encourage you. God is moving and he's moving in you and the purposes of God are getting fulfilled because we're on page with him. It happened at Crown Park and I, I want to take you through a journey here. I, I'm not taking you through this journey to say the past is bad. But I'm saying all the time, the question is, is are we fulfilling our purpose? Because with any organization, you know if you study that over time, the purpose can get lost to where they're just existing pretty soon. We can't do that as his church. We've got to stay focused. That's why we have the the why statement that you can grab a hold of. That's why we have the vision statement in something you can grab a hold of. And what did I see happening at Crown Park? It was exciting because the purpose of God was being done there. See, in the past, 
And, and this is really what God has been pulling us out of. And, and again, I want to share this, not saying our past is bad. There are many moves of the Lord and things that have happened at North Lake Church's past that are wonderful. We need to celebrate them. We need to continue to do them. But there are other things that if they lose their purpose, we're just doing it for nothing. And one of those things was the church picnic. We went down to Crown Park, and it was all about us. It was about our group. It was about doing our thing and having fun in our community park. And everyone was excluded, and our group did its thing and went home. But starting 2008, that started to change. And our first outreach, 2009... We said, you know, we're going to go to Crown Park and we're not going to do a church picnic. We're going to do a community barbecue and we're going to invite the community. We're going to say, you know what, we're here to serve and we're a part of this community and we want to bless the community. The first year we did it, I don't know how many we had, but it wasn't very many. We handed out those flyers and the first time we went to the doors, we were like, okay. This year was the sixth year we were at the park for the purpose of being there to bless the community. The second year we passed out flyers, it was like, oh yeah, here it is again. Still didn't get much of a response. The third year, I think that we, we looked around, we thought, you know, we have a few people, that's good. But I still think that like this concept of, if you've heard uh, in the business world, late adapters, most people are late adapters. They're going to get on after everything's started and everything's gone. Very few are entrepreneurial, okay? Very few jump on right away, okay? So I think a lot of them in the community were going, all right, let's just see. How serious can it be? And last year was great. When we served over 300, we thought, praise the Lord. And, and I looked and I thought, if I had to just make a, I thought that a good 65 maybe percent or more that came through last year were, were of the community. This year, I looked and I had to try to think, and I, I'm not going for exact figures, but I'm looking and I'm thinking this year over 80% of the people that were there were from the community. That is changing our focus from being here to saying, God, we're here to minister to people. People are here. They have needs. They need to know somebody cares. And that goes with purpose. When we understand the purpose of something and when or if you are enduring a trial today, if you're under that trial, if you understand God's perspective and purpose for you is eternal, you will figure out anyhow. It may be a tough situation right now, but God says I'm doing it for eternity. Grab a hold of that. Hallelujah. And so, let's look at a few scriptures. Romans 8, 18 says, 
For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I, I, I say to you before we move to the next scripture, we're not going to be sitting on a cloud playing a harp doing nothing. We're going to be ruling and reigning with him. We're going to be doing incredible, spectacular, amazing things. We can't even comprehend it. And the fact that he allows us to share in his glory is awesome. Then look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18 says, therefore, we do not lose heart, but through our outer man is decaying, though our outer man is decaying, yet the, our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. This physical body and all that we see around is wasting away. But this is not what it's about, guys. God's got other things. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal but the things that are not seen are eternal. Wow, what a perspective. Praise the Lord. When you get that purpose, you can endure any trial, any how. God may have you under the fire, but that fire is to burn dross and preserve you as gold, not to destroy you. Praise the Lord. Have you seen these shirts? I love these shirts. You know that these are very popular now, but I love this one. Keep calm and accept reality. Because I'm sure some of you are saying, but come on, Pastor. Come on. Let's get back to reality. I mean, that's good. It's... It's good theological and everything, but I'm talking about living in my life, in my home, in Clark County. I've got troubles. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrow. <laughs> I mean, you know, come on, Pastor, come back to reality. But what we really need to understand is God's perspective of reality is truth. Yes. And our perspective of what we think is reality has been skewed by the world and marred by sin. We feel and we think that this life is all that you have. It's literally the theory, get all you can, can all you get, and sit on your can. Yeah. 
And God said, change your perspective. That's not what life is about. Life is an eternity with me. And I've got eternal purposes for you to do. Hallelujah. So he says, all discipline for the moment, verse number 11, seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. I mean, I never bought the discipline at the time of anybody that says, this hurts me more than it hurts you. (laughs) I always thought, she doesn't understand what she's doing. And I remember the last spanking I got. It was with a leather slipper. (laughs) And and it hurt. (laughs) And and, uh, I'm sure... (laughs) Remembering that, yeah, I broke out in a sweat. (laughs) The point is, no discipline at the time seems pleasant. It seems painful. It seems nobody knows the trouble I've seen. But in the light of a mom wanting to correct and train a child in the way he ought to go, it's a different perspective. And when God at your life has the slipper of whatever discipline he has on the point of your body, it is for eternity. And then it says, we all have fathers who discipline us. And they did it. Here's the difference. Look in that scripture, verse 10. They did it as they seemed best to them. That is not God. You see that clarity? God's perfect. He's holy. He's just. God is not an earthly father. And just as all of us have benefited benefited from discipline in our lives, how much more we ought to say, okay, God, I get it. I'm a child who doesn't understand what's happening to me, but I know your heart, and I'm holding on to you. Amen? Amen? So, here's our perspective. Jill and I were talking about this as I was wrestling through this this, uh, message. We see ourselves all the time as human beings having a spiritual experience. That's a wrong perspective. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Do you hear me? Because everyone is spending eternity somewhere. And we think, well, we're a, we're a human being. We're having spiritual experiences. No. You are a spiritual being. And the Bible cl- makes it clear when, when you're in sin, that spirit is dead. But when you become alive in Christ, that spiritual side comes alive. You are a spiritual being. You are going to live for eternity. And you need to understand that this little tiny literally blip of an experience is only a blip in the light of eternity.
that perspective is needed because it's not living for the moment that's living for eternity. It's not living for now. It's living for to be with him. 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8, Paul says this. 1 Timothy, sorry. We're going there next, 2 Timothy. But have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. But on the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. For bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Hallelujah! 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Paul says this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future there is laid for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Then he went on, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. That's us. Hallelujah! So Paul said, I don't have my sights set on here. I've got my sights set on eternity. What's here is passing away. Eternity is coming. So we're training. And every one of us, whether light or whether a difficult trial, whether a tough time, in discipline or where you're receiving a little discipline, discipline is from your heavenly Father. And the scripture says, if you will entrust yourself to him, he will have your benefit not for now, but for all eternity. Bow your head with me.